As the NBA trade deadline gets closer and closer, I have my spyglass out and I'm looking around the league for players that could potentially be available to help the Kings either accomplish their goal of becoming a championship contender or at the very least address some of the holes that this Kings team has. Well, maybe I don't have to look too far. Things are not all right in Warrior land. Could the Kings call up the Warriors and work out a deal involving Jonathan Kaminga and or Moses Moody? Kyle Madsen from ESPN 1320's The Insiders joins me to discuss just that right here on Locked on Kings. You are Locked on Kings, your daily Sacramento Kings podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. And now, ladies and gentlemen, it is that time. Time for another episode of Locked on Kings. Hello and welcome into Locked on Kings, your podcast hub for Sacramento Kings coverage all season long. Today's episode is brought to you by Jace Medical. Empower yourself when you purchase a Jace case, providing you with a personal supply of five antibiotics that treat 50 plus infections. Get yours today at jacemedical.com and use code locked on to get $20 off your order. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. My name is Matt George. I have the privilege of being your host here. I'm a Sacramento sports anchor and reporter for ABC 10 News. And this is not an intention to to pick on the Golden State Warriors by any means. They clearly have a direction that they're trying to go in. And that doesn't seem to involve their young players. Or at least the young players have have reportedly been feeling on the outs. Kaminga specifically has reportedly lost faith, uh, faith in Steve Kerr. Moses Moody who's been pretty solid for the Warriors for the last handful of years, has not been able to consistently be a part of their rotation, and nobody knows why. Well, hey, maybe the Kings can uh, can can take advantage of the Warriors not having a fit for either of those guys and bring one or both of them to Sacramento. But financially, can a deal like that get done? The Warriors' financial situation is really muddy and really messy. And number two is, are though, is that the right move for the Kings to make with the risks involved with that move, plus potential players that the Warriors would want to add on to that that deal. Is it worth the risk for Sacramento? Is that are, are they the type of players or one of them the type of player that the Kings should be targeting right now at this trade deadline versus maybe looking elsewhere, looking at a Minnesota for or excuse me, a Memphis for Marcus Smart or looking at a, a, a Chicago for Alex Caruso. We don't know. But it's certainly an option that is out there. Kyle Madsen has great connections with the, the the Golden State Warriors from his time working at 95-7 the game in the Bay Area. Of course, now he's here in Sacramento. We're so happy he's here in Sacramento as a member of ESPN 1320. He and I will discuss at length the idea of trading for both of these guys, why it may or may not be in the Kings' best interest, plus what the Warriors might try and add on to the deal to help save them some salary a little bit. I hope you enjoyed this conversation. We want to hear your feedback as well. If you want to pull off any of these trades, if you want to put together a trade with the Warriors and share it with us, please do so. You can hit me up on Twitter at MattGeorgeSack. Email me, MattGeorgeSports at gmail.com or leave your thoughts in the YouTube comment section down below. Things don't seem to be quite too all right in Warrior land right now. Hey, it's nice to see that the New Orleans Pelicans don't just beat up on the Sacramento Kings, that the Warriors can fall victim to them a little bit too. And every time a team is struggling this time of year, there's teams out there that are looking at their roster and saying, okay, what could I potentially go out and get? There seems to be a disconnect with Steve Kerr and the Warriors with uh, with some of their young talent, like Jonathan Kaminga and Moses Moody, two names that 
excite me and I think should excite some Sacramento Kings fans. But would the Warriors even be willing to play ball? And financially, could a deal even be worked out? I don't know if we're going to answer any of these questions, but we're going to freaking try. Kyle Madsen from ESPN 1320's The Insiders joins me here. Uh, you can catch The Insiders with Kyle and James Ham. Uh, Monday through Friday from uh, from 10 to noon before D'Lo and Casey every single day. They talk about all sorts of Kings basketball, Warriors basketball, basketball period, football. They have it all over there. And Kyle's nice enough after the show to hop here on Locked on Kings to talk about this potential trade. Kyle, I don't know if the Kings and Warriors could ever come together at a negotiation table and, and, and work something out, but I'd certainly be intrigued if I'm Sacramento about those two young players. All right, hang on. A couple things. One. Thanks for having me. Two, <laughs> the Pelicans, eight. Do you know how many wins the Pelicans have this year by one possession? Not a lot, I'm guessing. Zero. Yeah. They just, they either lose or kick the hell out of whoever they're playing. That's crazy. <laughs> Anyways. Yeah. Um, And then the third thing, you brought that up there at the end. Like, could the Kings and Warriors come together at a negotiating table to hammer out a deal? Look, dude, this is not Red Sox Yankees. This is not Duke, North Carolina. This isn't even Kings Lakers. Like this isn't, it, it, the, <clears throat> it's not some blood feud. Like Mike Brown loves those guys. And those guys all love Mike Brown. The ones who were there when Mike Brown was. Those guys all love Mike Brown. It's not like some crazy rivalry that, oh man, those teams, it's off the table that they'd they'd ever deal with each other. I I, I mean, I don't. Maybe Monty McNair has that level of hate in his heart for Mike Dunleavy Jr. and vice versa, <laughs> but I don't. I don't foresee if there's a mutually exclusive or not mutually exclusive, mutually beneficial deal for both teams. I don't think that they're going to be like, oh no, this heated rivalry that's been going on for eight months <laughs> is going to stop us from doing that. I just don't. I don't see it. Well, maybe it's less like the, the two teams don't like each other and more the assets that are available and on the table, plus the financial situation really muddies this up too because the Warriors are not really in a position to take in more money, but clearly they want to add veteran talent. They have this window right now. They're trying to salvage the season and trying to win right now for Steph and this core, and the Sacramento Kings are willing to trade veteran talent, mm -hmm. but that veteran talent costs significantly more than the young talent that they're trying to bring back. I don't know what a good trade partner would be for the Golden State Warriors. Maybe it's the Toronto Raptors and Pascal Siakam. Again, I don't know how they're getting that money over uh, into Golden State. But, I mean, I don't know if, if the Warriors and Kings are going to be good partners based off of what each team is looking for, and specifically for the Kings, what veteran talent they're willing to give up. Like, I have a hard time believing that the Warriors are, are too interested in a Harrison Barnes reunion. Let's put it that way. Bro, here's, here's the deal. So, uh, man, so with Harrison Barnes specifically, Steve Kerr loves his veterans, man. Mm. And maybe he would love to throw out a 31-year-old Harrison Barnes to be in the right spot and knock down some corner threes and be switchable on defense. I don't know. But the... The problem the Warriors have, somebody hit me on Twitter last night and said on, on what day is it? Thursday? So Wednesday night. And they said, hey, would love to hear how you would solve the Warriors conundrum. And you can't. Mm. They There was a rock and there was a hard place and they fell into the middle of it. Mm. And and I said this I said this on, on my show today. So if you listen to the show, sorry for repeating myself, but buckle up. So they are in a spot where Steve Kerr is playing his veteran guys or preferring to play his veteran guys in the name of trying to win a championship. 
And he doesn't believe that the young players, Trace Jackson Davis, Brandon Pajemski, um, uh, Jonathan Kaminga, specifically Moses Moody, who they're they're messing around with his minutes all the time and have been since he got to Golden State. But he's not playing the young players in the name of trying to win now, but they're not winning now. Mm. And they did the same thing with Moses Moody specifically last year. It was like they're playing Anthony Lamb and and oh my god, I can't it tie Jerome in the uh, for in the name of winning, and they weren't any good. They were like scratching and clawing to stay out of the play-in tournament. And this year, they're scratching and clawing to get into the play-in tournament. Mm. They're not even there right now. They're behind the Jazz. <laughs> so uh, I, I, they they're bad, and their their coach or some maybe somebody in their front office, maybe it's Steph Curry, won't. And I don't think it is. So I'll talk about that in a second, but they won't commit to playing these younger players. So they're in this spot now where, okay, trade deadline's coming up. Do they just go full-blown commit to the veteran thing and unload any young asset they have that they can get anything back for and just go all in in to try and get into the play-in tournament and say, hey, we have Steph Curry, so we can do anything. I mean, maybe. I think that hoses them even more down the down the road. Or do they look at this and go, okay, we're going to hit the eject button and start saving money because that's been Joe Lacob's thing. He'll pay the half billion dollar tax bill or whatever, whatever his their their cap plus the the tax bill winds up being. He'll pay that if they're winning, if they're building a championship team. And it's very clear to me and to a lot of people who who watch and, and observe the team that that's not there. That championship core is not there. Steve Kerr said this is the most concerning thing that happened. I know I'm rambling. I'm sorry. No, that's great. But but Steve Kerr said earlier in the season, this is the thing that worries me more than anything with, with Golden State, is he mentioned when he was being asked about their rotations and being so veteran heavy, he's like, we won a title with these guys a year and a half ago. And dude, the cliff is steep. Mm. When it's when you're when you're getting into your mid 30s. And it's Clay Thompson who's had two catastrophic leg injuries. And you have Draymond Green who, I mean, since 2015, it's been like, oh, how's his game going to age? And frankly, he can't stay on the dang court, but that's a whole other issue, like just talking basketball. And how effective is, is Draymond Green going to continue to be? And how effective is Clay Thompson going to continue to be? It, not very, by the way. Mm. So they're, they're kind of in this spot where... I think Joe Lacob is going to look at their pieces and go, hey, we need to start shedding salary. We need to start moving this tax bill down and saving some money because we're not going to be in championship contention any certainly anytime this year and probably not anytime soon. So let's start getting rid of as much money as, as humanly possible. So I say all that to say when it comes to the Kings calling about a Jonathan Kaminga or a, a Moses Moody, if they're sending over Harrison Barnes or Kevin Herter or Davion Mitchell or, or or whoever, I guess I guess we'll stick with Barnes because that's the highest salary here. If they can take on Barnes and shed, even uh, James Ham was talking about this today. Even just Moses Moody's six point one million saves the Warriors more than like twenty five million dollars off of their tax bill because of all the multipliers and the elevators and stuff. So. That's what I think is as we kind of try and establish a baseline here when it comes to the Warriors making moves. I think they're going to do so through the lens of 
more trying to shed salary than trying to build a team that's going to contend mm. this year with <clears throat> Denver, the Kings, OKC, Minnesota, not to mention Boston, Philly, Milwaukee. They are so, so far behind all of those teams that I just can't imagine that they're going to that they're going to be at the trade deadline looking to try and uh, get into that echelon. Like I said at the top of the show, today's episode of the Locked on Kings podcast is brought to you by Jace Medical. And I know we come to sports to escape from some of the crazy realities of real life. But can we just talk for a minute about preparing for real life? According to the FDA, pharmacies are running out of antibiotics right in the middle of the worst flu season in over a decade. That's really scary. I can't imagine a more helpless feeling than if my son Arthur, my wife Brittany, or anyone that I knew and I loved got sick and there was a supply chain issue that kept them from getting the life-saving medication that they needed. Thankfully, we'll be okay because of Jace Medical. The Jace case is a pack of five different antibiotics that treat a long list of bacterial illnesses that includes UTIs, respiratory infections, sinusitis, skin infections, among other things. This stuff could happen to any of us. It's really common this time of year, and Jace helps me have peace of mind. Visit jacemedical.com and complete your physician encounter. It'll be reviewed by a board-certified physician, and your medications will be dispensed by a licensed pharmacy at a fraction of the regular cost. I've never been, uh, It's never been more important to take care of your loved ones and make sure you are prepared for anything that life throws at you. Go to jacemedical.com and use offer code LOCKEDON to get $20 off your order. Let's back up a little bit and, and and talk about the two players in particular. We'll start with Moses Moody since he seems like the more likely one the Kings could get for a, a lesser price. I'm sure Kings fans, myself included, love the idea of Jonathan Kaminga here in Sacramento. A bit younger, maybe needs a little bit of time to integrate himself, but could fill that wing position and theoretically grow with this championship core that the Kings are trying to form. But with Moses mm -hmm. Moody specifically, both of these guys, what do you think about them as targets for Sacramento, potential fits in Sacramento? Are these the guys, obviously the Kings are keeping an eye out for a Pascal Siakam type move. The Kings are looking to make a swing. These two aren't as big a swings as some of the other names out there, but could these two guys help ultimately accomplish the same thing of putting the Sacramento Kings in a better position today and in the near future for a playoff run this year? So Kaminga is interesting. What, what is it that, you like about Kamenga with the Kings? I mean, I, I like the size. I like the fit. I like the athleticism. I like that he kind of fit. I mean, he's younger than most of this core, but he's on that kind of similar timeline. I like that mm -hmm. you have financial control over him without having to bring the, break the bank to pay him, which leaves money available for Malik Monk and potential moves to add on top of that. I think... Mm -hmm. I love the Mike Brown connection with Kaminga. You mentioned earlier how much of Mike has a connection with basically everybody on that roster. And Mike mm. can get Kaminga to buy into the role that Sacramento wants him to play. I think Kaminga could come in, instantly have a bigger, more consistent role with Sacramento than he does in Golden State. But that doesn't mean that he's going to have the ball in his hands as much as Fox, Sabonis, or Murray are, uh, unlike mm. a Kuzma. If the Kings were out to get Kuzma, might come here and go, oh, man, I'm getting mine here too. So mm. I, I like that idea, but it also could be romanticizing a player that is, I think, good, but we haven't hasn't been able to consistently show that enough. And the Kings are, again, trying to reach contendership status. So is that asking for too much out of a player that has so many unknowns? So I think the the allure with Kaminga, and I think that this is where people who, who are on that side with Kings fans 
who believe like, yeah, that's, that's a piece that would help. And frankly, there are a lot of Warriors fans who are here too, where it's like, Hey, give him 35 minutes a night and just let him cook and see what happens. Because there are times where he'll have stretches of getting to the rack at will getting to the foul line. We saw in there in, in Golden State's win against Boston at home, Kaminga was was dynamite defensively against Jason Tatum. Yes. And you see that peak. You see that 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 peak. But the valleys are still pretty low. He's shooting 27% from three this year. He's actually regressed mm. in that in that area. 27 or 20. It's it's low. It's below 30. And I think that's a little bit of a problem for Sacramento, where if the ball gets swung to Kaminga in the corner and he's not being guarded. And then he starts dribbling the air out of the ball. It bogs down the offense. And I think that's a little bit his problem with Golden State and why he's struggling to carve out a, a regular role. So if you're telling me that you're getting a Jonathan Kamingo who's going to totally buy in to being a fourth, fifth option if he's on the floor with, with Malik Monk, along with Murray Fox and Sabonis, then, I, I mean, I, I guess I, I see the vision because I'm of the mind Specifically, if Demonis Sabonis is going to score like he has the last two weeks and be as aggressive as he has been offensively the last two weeks. And if you're going to get the Keegan Murray, who, I mean, I know it was Detroit and Charlotte, but he was right. extremely aggressive and extremely efficient. If you're going to get those type of offensive performances from those guys moving forward where they are being super aggressive and they are putting the ball on the deck and they're trying to get to the rack and they're taking mid-range jumpers. If you're doing all that, then great. You can unleash Kaminga defensively and let him run around and let him throw down some dunks and be almost like a Gary Payton, the second type of player for, mm. for golden state, but for the Kings mm. where he's just kind of that energizer bunny. But I don't think that, I don't think he'd be happy with that role. Mm. And I think that's kind of why he wants out of golden state is because I think that's sort of the role the Warriors envision for him. Um, Moses Moody is a dude though. Mm-hmm. I am baffled, ba- flummoxed by what, what bamboozled by what the Warriors are doing with Moses Moody. And it has been the case. Kevin is a rookie. And one of the big things, Eric Musselman, the the head coach at Arkansas, his whole thing is like getting these guys ready for the pros. We are going to run pro things at this Arkansas program. This is That's the type of program he wants to run. And so Moses Moody came in like NBA ready, super high IQ player, really good shooter, maybe not, as athletic as you would like, and maybe not not as tall as you would like. He's only like six five. So there's a little bit of a versatility problem. Like I think he gets pigeonholed a little bit into that two guard spot because he's not a great ball handler. He's not a great, you know, off the bounce playmaker, but he can shoot it and he rebounds and he does all the little things, all the little hustle plays that the Kings lack right now. I think when you see the Kings let go of the rope in a game and they they lose to Portland or Charlotte at home or whatever whatever it is, I think it's because you don't they're just getting out hustled and they're just kind of getting beat. Hmm. And I think honestly, I think that's why Mike Brown wants Juan Toscano Anderson playing because he's going to do those things, not as high of a level as Moody, but he's just going to kind of do those things and and bring energy. So, I say all that to say I think Moses Moody would immediately make the Kings better. He is a really good shooter. He's played 20 plus minutes the last two nights for the Warriors or the last two games for the Warriors. And he's had 21 points in both games on efficient shooting from the floor and from three. And man, I just, I think if you get a player like that, a high IQ player who's going to play tough defense, who you can slot in as you're starting to, he's not going to, he's not going to, you know, 
dribble the air out of the ball. He's going to understand the system. He's going to make the right play and he's going to knock down a three when, when he's open like that to me is the ideal player for what, for what Sacramento needs right now. And so if I'm choosing between those two, I think not only is Moody maybe going to be a little bit cheaper in terms of, well, I mean, financially, but in terms of, of cost to acquire him from golden Mm -hmm. state, I also just think he fits better. And he just kind of fits what, what Sacramento needs more. So that's that's kind of where I land on on those two guys. I'm not sure I love the Kaminga fit, uh, given what what I know about Jonathan Kaminga, but I'm all in on the on the Moses Moody idea. But how cheap could the Kings get Moody for? And that's where I think things so, get a little bit rocky because the Warriors can't really take back salary. And Sacramento, I mean, the Sacramento could offer players like McGee or Edwards or Colby Jones or Alex Len who make less money. But like if Davion Mitchell straight up for him, which I would be willing to do, that doesn't work financially because the Warriors just couldn't take the extra money that Davion has over Moody. Well, I'm not sure. Yeah, and I don't I don't know what their their impetus behind making that move would 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 be. Right. I don't know what right. they did want to do. It would have to be it would have to be this is something that that James proposed on our show, like Harrison Barnes for Andrew Wiggins and Moses Moody. Okay. Where, okay. where the Warriors are shedding some salary and they are, the Kings are acquiring a player in Moses Moody who can, can play for them. And then Andrew Wiggins, is a huge question mark. And Andrew Wiggins is my hang up because mm-hmm. he's having the worst year of his career this year. He's playing the worst basketball of his career, like bar none. Mm-hmm. Not just Minnesota Andrew Wiggins, where it's like, eh, you'd like more from him. He is bad. He's right. coming off the bench now. Yeah. So maybe a change of scenery helps. Maybe Mike Brown unlocks the player in him. Because remember, Andrew Wiggins two years ago was the second best player on a team that won the championship. And he was a monster defensively, and he's grabbing rebounds on on both ends of the floor, and he's just really impacting winning. And he hasn't he hasn't done it this year really at all. Mm. So uh, that would be a, a pretty huge gamble for the Kings, I think, especially for the money. Yeah, yeah. Down the road, he's he's making you know north of twenty eight million dollars over the next couple of years. So it's a it's a huge gamble, but I think the only way I'm doing that is if you know or if you're supremely confident that you're going to get a much better version of Andrew Wiggins. But I just don't know, given his track record, how you can be super confident in that. Mm. So I, I I think it would have to be something like that where the Kings are taking on. A, a sizable chunk of money to get one of these young players from the Kings or from, from the Warriors and maybe golden state hits the eject button on, on clay on the clay Draymond Steph thing. Chris Paul has a $39 million. I think it's 39, is it 39 or 30. He's got a lot of money mm-hmm. uh, and, and only half of it's guaranteed next year. So they could, theoretically move that contract maybe they just hit the eject button and then moses moody becomes a big part of their rotation and a player that they want to try and build around or like i said there's the other option where they go nuclear on the young guys and get rid of all them and try and acquire veterans and maybe they i I don't i don't know i have no idea what they're thinking at the deadline here 
Today's episode of the Locked On Kings podcast is also brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America. It's the easiest and most exciting way to play. Plus, the best part it's just you versus the Prize Picks projections. You're not taking on any of the whales or sharks out there, those, those, those guys that make a living off of something that's supposed to be fun, that's supposed to be a hobby. It's just you versus the projections. You pick two to six players, and if they're going to score or, or, or have more or less than a projected stat, like combination of points, rebounds, and assists for Demonte Sabonis, or just points for De'Aaron Fox, or or uh, uh, turnovers for whoever the, the the Kings are playing. Right, there's so many different ways uh, that you can play Prize Picks. It's a ton of fun. I play Prize Picks almost every single Kings game plus NFL Sundays. I'm playing Prize Picks a lot. I'm not the only Kings media member to do that. And look, you can join and play alongside some of Prize Picks' favorite. Players like rapper Meek Mill, comedian Andrew Schultz. You can now find community plays under the promos tab of the app to view entries from some of the biggest names in the prize picks community each week. And they offer a really, really cool reboot policy to where, let's say you you took Kevin Herter last night to score more than 10 and a half points. Well, Unfortunately, Kevin Herter got hurt in literally the opening seconds of the game. Price Picks doesn't punish you for that. That pick is rebooted. So it's basically a wash. It's a push. It doesn't have any kind of negative effect on your uh, your, your, your payday or, or your winning. It just is booted out. Price Picks uh, is the only daily fantasy sports platform with an injury insurance policy. Go to pricepicks.com slash NBA. Use code NBA for a first deposit match up to $100. That's Price Picks daily fantasy sports. Made easy. Every trade that, that we can come up with for the Kings, I mean, every trade period has an element of risk to it. And that's where I'm like the conversations that I'm having with different teams and different hosts and different conversations about potential Kings trades, especially for marquee players that could help this Kings team get over the hump of where they're trying to get to. There is a significant element of risk with Pascal Siakam is, do you lose him in free agency? And I'm no, I don't think I mean, it seems pretty clear that he's not interested in re-signing with the Kings. So maybe that ship has sailed, but there's that risk. I'm interested in Andrew Wiggins. Honestly, I am because the financial side of things concerns the hell out of me. But I do think in so many ways, Wiggins is very much what the Kings would love to have at that three spot. And, but the risk is like, are you putting too much wishful thinking in Mike Brown can unlock the Wiggins of two years ago? Or are you going to pay for somebody who at this point in time is not worth the contract that he's made. Like it's just, it, it almost feels like the Kings are going to be looking for, yes, the best player that they can reasonably add to their roster, but they're also going to look for the most ideal risk to take. And I think back mm-hmm. to the DeMontis Sabonis, Tyrese Halliburton trade, the massive risk there, the Kings felt that it was worth the risk, not just to, to bring in a player like Sabonis and think that he's going to be better for this Kings team than Halliburton was, but that they could re-sign him within the two and a half years that he had left. Ultimately, they accomplished that. But that was a major risk that they felt comfortable taking. I wonder not so much who is the player that they're going out and going to get, and what is the risk that the Kings right now should be or are most comfortable taking. I think that's going to be a really interesting element of this trade deadline. Yeah, big time. And and I think we're going to learn a lot about what the Kings think of this roster. It's abundantly clear that I don't think there's a, and again, we have to deal in reality, right? Because you say they would never trade Keegan Murray. Well, if Boston called and said, Hey, here's Jason Tatum for Keegan Murray straight sure. across done. Yeah. I mean, that, that it's right. Yeah. But that's not going to happen. That's exactly. not a thing. Yeah. So it, it let's it, dealing in reality. I, I, I think that, they would be foolish to not make some kind of move 
because I don't I I'm I don't know where you land on this. My personal opinion is the the roster top to bottom right now I don't think is a championship contending roster. It is. But but I think it's close enough that you can talk yourself into it with even a minor tweak and like a couple of minor moves where you go, okay, like if everything kind of falls right, you, you can see how this works out. So I think you're going to, you're going to kind of get a really good idea of what, what they think of this team short and long term. If they go, if I I don't know, if they make some kind of move for like Alex Caruso, I don't know. I'm just picking a, a name that's been out there. Then I think you're seeing a team that's kind of like, okay, like let's let's try and make a, a little push this year because there's not just a big trade out there that they can go make, especially with the assets they have. So I, I think if they go and try and get like an Alex Caruso, you're looking at or that that level of player. Mm-hmm. You're looking at a team that's going, okay, find a slot in a starting shooting guard and let's give this a whirl and see how it goes into the postseason. And then figure it out, you know, in the offseason what it looks like moving forward. If it's a Kessler Edwards type of trade where meh, like this guy's just not playing. Like uh what's uh Jalen McDaniels in Toronto? Mm-hmm. Just a lengthy athletic wing, not getting a ton of PT, and yeah, get him and see what happens. Then I think you I think that's kind of a concession. They're like, okay, it's just kind of is what it is this year mm-hmm. and figure it out next season. So I, I'm I don't know. Uh, I'm talking myself in circles now. I'm, no, I, I think we're on the same page, but what I was going to ask uh, for you, and I think you've discussed this. I know you've discussed this on the show with James too, is like thinking back to when the Kings had their, their best run that they ever had here in Sacramento, the late nineties, early two thousands, they lost in the playoffs in the first round two years in a row before that dynasty began. So there's not a tremendous amount of pressure, I think, internally for the Kings to figure it out this year. Like, in theory, exactly. this core is still together. You have to bring Malik Monk back. But in theory, you have time. Time is on your side. But I think what's starting to speed that process up a little bit more than even I expected is you're looking at OKC and Minnesota specifically, and you're going, oh, damn. Like, they're ready too, and they might be leapfrogging us already after just one year. In your opinion, or in your mind, like, how much do you think what OKC and Minnesota are doing should put pressure on the Kings to do something now, which might be maybe they're willing to take on a Wiggins just to do something now versus we ran it back. Let's see what we got. One more playoff series, minimum context. And then we make some decisions in the off season. Cause that's initially where I thought we were headed. Yeah. I think you need to play another playoff series before you start uh, trying to, because I, what same thing with Minnesota and Oklahoma city, honestly, like what do they look like in the postseason? Is a mm-hmm. is a pretty significant question. Mm-hmm. And you have to keep in mind too, this is year one of Oklahoma City making a, a real run, but they've been building this out for years now. Yeah. Yep. Sam Presti's been stacking picks for yep. for years, and they've been bad for years. So I think you're just seeing the fruits of of all of that. And now with Chet Holmgren, they're they're ready to be. Well, and Shea Gilgis Alexander just becoming an MVP caliber player. All of that kind of happening at once is why you see them winning a ton of regular season games. But we saw it last year with Sacramento. Like winning in the postseason is way different than winning in the regular season. Mm-hmm. So I got to see it with both of those teams. And I think if you're the Kings, you got to, you have to see it as well. You can't go to me. You can't go from this offseason where you're going, hey, run it back. Hey, just run it back. That was the whole thing, right? And it, hey, run it back this year to it's January and you go, oh my God, blow it up. Mm. And we know they're not. I don't want to say we know. 
We know they're not moving on from Malik Monk. I would be stunned if there was a trade out there that enticed them to move Malik Monk. And I think mm-hmm. that'd be foolish for them to do it. Mm-hmm. So we know they're not moving him. Fox and Sabonis are staying. Keegan Murray's staying. There's just not a lot of firepower for them to go make a trade where you're going, wow, the Kings really went for it. Mm-hmm. I, I don't I don't think that that's, that's there. So um, I think you give it another year, see what it looks like in the playoffs, and kind of go from there and reassess and see what because you fall short in the playoffs again, I think you have a, a two, uh, two playoff run, two, three, four series, however many series it is. Now you have a sample size of, okay, this is what this looks like in postseason games. This is what it looks like when a team has seven games to, to game plan and mm-hmm. figure things out. That's, that's what I would do. I would stick to kind of, if you can make a smaller move, I'm, I'm of the mind fast forwarding to the off season. And I think you can bring this to the, to the trade deadline too. I'm of the mind that the Kings need athleticism on the on the wings so bad that mm-hmm. I would just add any wing athletes I could, mm. and and just start gearing up. You kind of know what your your seven eight man rotation in the playoffs is going to look like. It's your starting five, whoever's at shooting guard, whether it's 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 Herder or, or Duarte, assuming no trades, and then it's Malik Monk and Trey Lyles, and and then you know mix and match based on matchup. Alex Len, Keon Ellis, whoever it is. I, I I think they kind of know that. So if you can go get some some athletic wings that you like maybe this year or maybe next year, I, I think maybe you go do that. But I don't I don't know. It's tough because <laughs> there's not there's not a lot of of names out there that I'm like, oh yeah, hey, that moves the needle for the Kings. That mm-hmm. that puts them into a different tier of team. Mm-hmm. Like they're solidly right now to me a two a tier two team. And getting to tier one is really dang hard. Yes. Yeah. So I don't I don't think it's there. I, I think they would be, and I don't think Monty McNair would do this. Mm. It's very clear he has a plan, he has an idea, and they're just kind of executing all that. I think it would be foolish to do something rash this year to try and be like, oh, we got to compete this year because of Minnesota and OKC. And I don't think they're going to do that. Well, we'll put a bow on the conversation with this. The The context, of course, is, is important, and I can't give the full context, but if the trade deadline passes and Moses Moody is the biggest acquisition that the Sacramento Kings make, maybe it's one trade and it's Moses Moody is the main piece that the Kings bring back. Don't know who it took to get him. Obviously, it's not going to take any of the Kings' core to get that. How mm. much better are you feeling or like gut reaction? Where does that put the Kings in terms of improving what they needed to improve short term to approach the playoffs with at least a, a, a little bit more confidence or a little bit better feel that this team can be different. Uh, eh. Like Moses Moody would be fine. And that's a react <laughs> to me. The reaction would be like, Oh, nice. Yeah. That's nice. I'll add. Yeah. That'll help. But I'm not, it's not, like I said, the, the jump for the Kings are to me tier two team right now. They'd, mm-hmm can win a first round series and maybe be dangerous in a second round series. Hey, maybe if everything, maybe if the matchups are right, maybe they make the conference final, which would be great. But I, I think, I kind of think that like now, <laughs> I just, yeah. I, so, so um, Moses would be a nice, a nice ad for sure. And I think it would make them better, but like marginally. Yeah. It, it, it might keep them from losing a couple games that they, that they should probably win. Hmm. But uh no i don't it's fine it's just kind of on the on the margin i'd be i'd be really interested to see what like 
10 games in a row of 28 plus minutes for Moses Moody looks like, mm, frankly. You, you and me both. Because this is a guy, like, he wasn't in the Warriors rotation two years ago when they when they went to the finals. He was not in the rotation and just gets plugged in in the Western Conference finals in game two. The Warriors are down 20. Damian Lee is cheeks, like, not playing well. <laughs> and <laughs> they, they pull Damian Lee, who is in because he's a reliable veteran, knows where to be. And they put Moses Moody in, and he was excellent. Mm-hmm. And he was part of a, a huge comeback for them, and they won that game. And then he was just in the rotation in the Western Conference Finals in some of the biggest moments. Mm. And then gone. Mm. So he's he's a fascinating player. I would love to see him get into a place where where he would have an opportunity. And I think if if the Kings, if that's something a trade they can facilitate, I, I like I said, I definitely think it would make them better. I wouldn't pick them to go to the finals, but it would make them it'd make them uh, better, I think, for sure. Well, one thing will be really interesting, too, is when the Sacramento Kings make that move, do they wait to the trade deadline? It seems like they more want to make a move today than they do later down the road. So this team has right. as much time to together to figure it out as possible. Kyle, whatever that happens, if the Kings make a move with the Warriors, if the Kings make a move with any team, of course, you'll discuss it at length on the Insiders ESPN 1320. Plus, got to mention this, too. Candlestick Chronicles, San Francisco 49ers, the number one seed. So the Niners are looking to make a Super Bowl run, which I am rooting for selfishly because if the Niners go to Las Vegas for the Super Bowl, Matt George goes to Las Vegas for the Super Bowl. Oh, I love that for you. Big time Niners fan for this playoff series for that reason, (laughs) amongst others. Big fan of Brock Purdy in that group as well. So if you want any of your Niners content to go and check out Candlestick Chronicles with Kyle Madsen and Chris Biederman. Uh, Niners Wire as well. uh, Kyle's involved in for all your Niners fix. Go and check that stuff out. Kings, Niners, Warriors, whatever. Kyle covers it all. Uh, And he's nice enough to join me here on Lockdown Kings. Thank you, Kyle. Appreciate you, man. Anytime, Matt. Thanks. Shout out to Kyle for joining me here on the Locked On Kings podcast. Hope you enjoyed that conversation. Maybe you are more inclined or less inclined to make a deal for Kaminga or Moody or both. If you want to negotiate with the Warriors, if you don't want to negotiate with the Warriors, let me know why. And if you do have a deal in mind and it works, hey, send me that deal. Let's talk about it. I have more deals and more conversations coming about other trade partners in the near future. I'm going to be talking with Locked On Grizzlies about a potential trade uh, for Marcus Smart. Going to be talking to the Locked On Nets about a potential trade, a big swing trade from McCall Bridges. So we have other options out there, but I want to hear your thoughts on a potential Kings and Warriors deal. Do you even want to negotiate with them? Let me know at Sack on Twitter. Email me at gmail.com. And of course, if you're watching on YouTube, get busy in the comment section down below. Appreciate your support as always. Can't wait to have you join me on the next episode of Locked On Kings. Until then, my name is Matt George. You've been listening to the Locked On Kings podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network.